Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. No, no, no. It's a rude Goldberg machine. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of it, after all of the things, it like hits the final thing. Mm-hmm. And then it calls me a little bitch and shows a picture of my like tiny dick. And it's, it's about <laughs> something like that. I, I, I think a, a rude Goldberg, those are those kinetic sculptures that do all of the like the ball dropping. You know the word the... kinetic, but you don't know the word rude Goldberg. Fuck you, dude. I'm just clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we know what a Rube Rube Goldberg sculpture is. I think a Rude Goldberg sculpture, in my mind, would just every step, it would insult you. Oh, it like roasts you? Like, yeah, as the ball drops into the fucking mousetrap and then the dominoes fall, like every step would have a different, like, your hair is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like... That's a bully Goldberg. Your boobs are different sizes, whatever. I see. That would be Rude. Or Rude, maybe it would just be like chewing with its mouth open. Like, what do you really think is rude? I know what I think is rude what? is very different from what I think is insulting. I mean, of course, there's overlap. There's a Venn diagram where in the middle it's rude and insulting. But some things are rude without being insulting. And in the middle is a Karen. <laughs> no, but so what are you saying? I think that was rude. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for illustrating my example, Mike, of Please being rude to me. dip into rude versus insulting. I've never no. heard that. You know what my response to being rude is? What? I shut down. You're shutting down the whole machine? Mm-hmm. Well, this is it. that's so cold. <laughs> Damn, now you're rude. No, I'm not rude. That's I'm protecting a... myself. But... I'm vulnerable. I'm vulnerable. I'm a soft little hermit crab out of my shell right now. I don't have a lot of like hardness about me. I'm very soft. I'm squishy. Uh-huh. I'm quarantine squishy. I'm like <laughs> pandemic puffy. And um, yeah, like I'm I'm sensitive. So if I feel like any pushback on anything, I feel like a little squishy. Like I go back into my shell. So instead of a rude Goldberg machine, you'd love like a uh, positive affirmation machine mm-hmm. that with every click it goes like, oh, your hair looks so nice today. You look great today. You're smart. You make good banana bread. <laughs> oh, it's so specific. Yeah. I love a specific machine. You're That's good great. at folding t-shirts. <laughs> the way you care for your dog means you're a good person. Oh, wow. These are great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know. Don't you feel that little squishy softness right now of having been kind of like... No. No? I don't. You don't? <laughs> okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanna, okay. I wish I didn't make a bad Karen joke instead of hearing the difference between rude and insulting. Oh, it wasn't even the Karen joke. It was the tone. You did like a... And it just made me go... Brip. Oh, it's because I was on Twitter is where I saw the Rube Goldberg machine. Sports oh. Center retweeted it. Mm-hmm. And everything around it is um, bad hack Karen comedy when it's a real issue and a real problem and all of these viral hack jokes by bad writers and bad comedians who are all just like incestuously using the same joke formats about karen about karen's Mm. and so that's where that came from was like a the venn diagram of this plus this equals that and it just makes me want to cut my tongue out oh right like me explaining something in a kind of a pretentious way makes you want to like put your face through a window um no 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 i'm not calling you (laughs) 
No, no, no. I'm, I'm actually trying to say, though, like my sort of like trying to explain something made you think Absolutely of all of those. Not. I, can I see your manager, Karen's? Not at all. No. Not at okay. all. The Venn diagram, because my brain is broken because of Twitter. Okay. When you said Venn diagram, my first thought was like, oh, Twitter comedy, instead of oh. just going with the flow of insult of a real Venn diagram. And right. so my instinct was to call out all this hack, terrible comedy about um, evil, racist women yeah. That is a real problem, and your um your take is uh your viral take yeah. is so unneeded and disgusting to me. Oh, I've been diving down deep down that fucking rabbit hole of this recent woman who called the. Are you talking about the the dog walking hundred percent incident? Yeah. So for anyone who has been living under a fucking rock, uh, I think yesterday, as we're recording this on a Tuesday, yesterday, um, this woman was walking her dog in Central Park, had the dog off leash. Uh, a avid birder passing by mm-hmm. asked her nicely to leash her dog. She refused and got super aggressive and then fucking called the cops on him and said, I'm calling the cops to tell them that I'm being um, threatened by an African-American man. And then it's crazy because the the guy who recorded it, who was the birder in question, uh, just got her on tape, like pretending that she was in distress and crying and weeping and being like, he's threatening my life. Yeah. <laughs> and like all this stuff as the dog is like trying to get away. The whole thing was so insane to watch and so upsetting. Um, and I think for me, what was truly uh, um, kind of a light bulb moment was to see that happen and then read about how many people have suffered just because of a white woman pretending to be in distress. Like the famous one is Emmett Till, who was murdered after he was accused of assaulting a white woman who was a shopkeeper, who years later recanted. I didn't know she that. She fucking said that it never fucking happened. And he was like dragged and beaten in the famous open casket funeral where his mother was like, they need to see what they fucking did to my child. So it's was like, that's a fucking heavy way to start this. But like the reality of these sort of women pretending that they're feeling threatened just because their fucking privilege is like being, you know, pushed back on. Because, you know, you can't have your dog off leash. So you're going to actually endanger this man's fucking life. Yeah. And you also broke my brain and light bulbed me because my question to you last night was yo do these people just not know about video cameras on phones like do they not know how phones work with she the video she knew he was and being recorded you, she, she was being recorded right and that's what flipped me was my whole thought process was like do these cops do these people do these people just not know that like video evidence is being recorded of them and your point was Oh, they do. They just think they are above that evidence. They believe that their whiteness will supersede the fact that someone has fucking video evidence of them being insane. That she is so banana bread to me. She actually believed that her distress and calling the cops would s- sort of outweigh the fact that there was video evidence of her making all it all up. Isn't that just wild? That's so fucking It's a wild. magical thinking of a sort. I mean, a poisonous magical thinking, not, yeah. not the good kind. <laughs> right. No, no, no. What's dark? What's the opposite of magical? Uh, alchemical? I don't even know. Wicked? Yeah. Wicked bad, thinking. terrible, evil. Evil thinking. Fucking heinous. Yeah. Um, and I think the great thing about it is that, you know, these are like the the kind of like good times on Twitter where they the people went to work, Twitter went to work, and they found out where she worked and they put her on blast and she's since lost her job and she had to return the dog to the rescue society that she had adopted it from and she's now on cnn crying about how her life has been ruined mm-hmm. fucking great good i'm glad your fucking life is you're hurting right now for the thing that you had no fucking like worry about doing to someone else you had no worry about possibly ruining someone else's fucking life and endangering him his safety are all of these women this is something i want to ask you about for it's not real, just women real. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into that before I ask you my other question. Because, right. like, um, 
the Karen movement is a fucking movement of like middle-aged white women who are just like it's really unfortunate that it is has been given a name that you know there are people who I love with that name it's really unfortunate that it's just like all you know like all Chad's Tracy's Stacy's and Karen's are now like god damn it mm-hmm. but um you know, the two guys who chased down Ahmad Arbery and murdered him were dudes, and they're not being called Karens, and also they chased him down and fucking murdered him. Um, but it's the same uh, impulse is to, like, you know, that, that racist impulse where you're like, I can do whatever the fuck I want, and this person needs to, like, you know, stop being on my property or stop running down my street or stop telling me to leash my dog or whatever it is, and it happens that these, like, middle-aged white women who are Karening, mm-hmm. um are you know getting a lot of the press about it but it's a fucking you know it's you know an underlying problem in society yeah it's fucking you know white people calling the cops on black people for barbecuing sleeping playing video games at home fucking anything yeah i the, by that makes me think about how and i don't want to ex- make excuses for their behavior in fact i'd be what i'm really curious about is like what the research would indicate where the opioid addiction an epidemic mm. like how that parallels with the insanity of people's choices right now because it it i just feel like like there's like did you ever see the woman who was yelling about the mafia in the uh it was like a phone like an at&t cell phone store she was like you're all the mafia and they were like you need to leave and she was just it was obvious that it seemed obvious to me that she had mental illness of some kind on top of um just being like potentially dangerous and all these things Mm. and all i keep thinking about is like uh what pills are being popped by all of these people at all these times that are also just like wrecking people's brains on top of fox news on top of racism on top of like whatever like inner and outer experiences are happening how much is all that shit amplified by like pills uh pills don't make you racist I know. That's why <laughs> that I'm trying to couch. That's why I'm trying to couch this in a very like uh, it's delicate, and I'm trying to be on it. But I'm also like, yo, I know that, but I, you know what I'm saying. I do know what you're saying, and I think it's a really interesting point to bring up because I think there are a lot of people who would point to pills or you know drugs as being something that could you know tip you over into being racist, just like Mel Gibson was like, I drank too much, and I you know said a bunch of anti-Semitic shit. It's, yeah, it, or wasn't somebody on Ambien? They blamed their Twitter rant on Ambien? Oh, it was uh, Roseanne. Roseanne. Yeah. Totally. She, yeah, about Val- Valerie Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking, it's, yeah, it's not the drugs, it's not the pills, it's not the alcohol. Your racism is the fucking problem. But the interesting point that you raise about the opioid cri- crisis is that that is particularly a drug scourge that is affecting predominantly white communities as opposed to the problem with crack in the 80s that affected black communities, which was treated as a fucking criminal uh, issue and people were sent to jail with mandatory minimum sentences and, you know, lost families and lives, whereas the opioid crisis is being treated as a health crisis. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. Really? Because it's affecting predominantly white, often middle class families, you know, good kids from good homes, yada, 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 that whole thing where, you know, they've just cast it in a completely different light light, and they're willing to treat, you know, a a nice young man or a a nice young girl from a good home who, you know, happened to get caught dealing some oxy totally fucking differently. She needs help. They need help. She needs help. She's addicted. She's sad, you know, as opposed to, you know, a young kid from, you know, fucking Compton. Yeah, wherever who's caught with, you know, a dime bag of weed who's a fucking criminal and he's on his way to, you know, like killing people. Yep. It's just crazy making. Fucking hell. Yeah, the insanity and the hypocrisy is like it 
sticks in your throat sometimes. It really does. Yeah. Well, what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> what a spicy one. This is a spicy meatball. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast <laughs> uh-huh. about weed and grub, comedy, cannabis, culture, cooking, and calling shit out. Calling shit out. Yeah. Now more than ever, I'm like just, it's like bubbling in my throat like a seltzer being shook. Yeah. You know? Yep. Straight up. 100%. Especially with the videos like that of this woman. Uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, in Central Park. You know, with her. Cooper. Yeah. Amy Cooper. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, you know, dragging her dog around by the leash as it almost chokes to death while she performs this fucking act of being in distress on the phone. It's just. And, and you can hear the guy recording her going, yeah, please go ahead. Do, do this so we can. I'll see what you're up to. Yeah. It's just like fucking wild. It makes me excited for when I hope that we overthrow the government because <laughs> we all like look at what util like look at what utilizing the like the tools at our disposal could do to make social change. Right. Like in an instant there can be social change. Fucking Jimmy Fallon today apologized for wearing blackface in two thousand on SNL because it's wow. like, yo, dude what what the one what the fuck yeah but two like when when like harnessed for the good and betterment of humanity like it just gets me excited where i hate twitter and it's like just uh, it's a hellscape of a hellhole but when it can be used for good or used to amplify or used to celebrate or used for all the things that you would hope a utopian internet society would be used for fuck man it makes change in an instant for the better and that Fills me with hope. Yeah, it definitely, you know, for all of its toxicity, social media, Twitter, you know, all of all of the things around the world that are used to amplify messages. That's one of the first things that the government will try to control whenever there's an uprising, like in the Arab during the Arab Spring. I don't know if you followed that. It was like 2011. It was when there are uprisings in the Middle East against, you know, fascist and totalitarian, to- fascist and totalitarian governments and they uh predominantly communicated through twitter and facebook no shit it was fascinating so yeah there you know we need to get certain people um like you know for instance like right now trump is making all these insane fucking claims that uh joe scarborough was like responsible for the death of an intern in his office because she like fell and hit her head and died on a desk after a cardiac incident or something like these unfounded accusations coming from the president of the united states that someone actually murdered someone in their office and jack dorsey and twitter are doing nothing to like expunge that or you know to be police it at all but 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 the other side of it is we all get to say whatever we want yeah and And today they also put on trump's uh mail-in ballot they said here are the actual facts about mail-in ballots at the bottom of his tweet Mm. they did it the first time it's the only time and everyone's like you know Coming for him and being like, too, too late, not enough. But the fact that they put it on one fucking tweet and it's about mail and ballots mm-hmm. for the upcoming election that they're obviously trying to suppress and crush. Yeah. Um, I'll take I'll take a tiny, tiny W over all the fucking L's. Sure. Yeah. Sure. They've got, yeah. If they're starting to footnote stuff with some facts and point people in the direction where they could, you know, that that's the, so, okay. I want to talk about uh, the podcast that has led me to discover so many wonderful things. Do you know Rabbit Hole? Have you been listening to the New York Times Rabbit Hole podcast? Oh, no. It's on my new and noteworthy on iTunes. It's so fucking good. And it's just exploring all of the different rabbit holes that you can go down on the internet and how people, the first couple of episodes are about this guy who became radicalized after just going down an internet rabbit hole and being led all the way to the alt-right. And since then, he's come all the way around and now he's putting them on blast. But the crazy 
crazy thing is he describes this algorithm on YouTube that started uh, like six or seven years ago that was developed by, and they actually interviewed the guy who developed the algorithm that just leads you to when you're watching videos, more videos of the same kind. So if you're watching videos about any subject, you'll only get the side of the subject that you're interested in watching. If you're watching a video about a rally, like, you know, the Charlottesville rallies, for instance, and you were interested in knowing, like, what the fucking Proud Boys were doing there, it would show you all the rallies from their side, all of the videos of that rally from oh, wow. why they were there, as opposed to ever seeing a video that was shot by a protester or a pundit talking about why it was, you know, fucked up and crazy. You were only getting fed that one side of it. And it's just, that's part of the problem with, you know, any of these algorithms that lead you to more of the same. Right. And you create your own bubble. Yeah. You, you create your own prison. Your, your own fucking echo chamber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So uh, I just want to say, uh, please don't follow me on Instagram <laughs> or Twitter, but you can follow me on WhatsApp where oh. we can have secret chats about overthrowing the government and like honest conversations about true facts uh-huh. and start there. Cool. How about that? How I don't about, know. How about a pandemic pop up on... Uh, on uh where did i just get one you know that what it, i've been calling the pandemic pop-up is like the uh when someone who goes to do like fucking forever ago just uh-huh. like all of a sudden pops into your dms it's oh. like hey <laughs> and i thought like, you meant like a storefront that's selling like brick oven pizza in front of a bank <laughs> oh yeah from like yeah two to three um, every friday come yeah. by and get a pandemic pop-up uh, basket of chicken nuggets or whatever <laughs> no but what are you talking about? i mean the, the pandemic pop-up is what i've been calling the yeah when someone pops or slides into your DMs and you just haven't heard from them forever and they're like, hey, how you do? And you're like, what the fuck? Like, I I cut you out of my life for a reason or you ghosted me or whatever the fuck it is and I got the weirdest pandemic pop-up on Signal of no all places, way. which is an encrypted... <laughs> <laughs> it's an encrypted app that you use to, like, do encrypted shit, like private secret shit. So it was so weird that I joined Signal to have a very private conversation with someone. Yeah, it's black market app. Kind of. I right? mean, it's just, yeah, it's like, you know, my friend Heather in tech is like, you know, that's the way that, like, if you want to share information that you just don't want anyone else to get a hold of mm-hmm. because it's end to end encrypted, meaning that only the two people in the conversation can see the info. So it's never going to be sh- intercepted, basically. That means I'm so disappointed before we get to your pop up. That means uh-huh. I'm so disappointed in that because that means I will never sit across from a man in a trench coat in a diner and have him slide a confidential folder across to me. Oh, you might. No, because he's going to just hit me up on Signal and be like, yo, did you see this PDF? Yeah, that's true. That's such a bummer. I've always wanted to like Who be knows? handed something confidential. You might, if the fucking internet crashes and like the government shuts down electricity and shit, we might be sliding notes across diner tables to each other in the near future. We don't know. All right. Well, will you dress in a trench coat and hand me something special? Absolutely. Thank you, Mary Jane. I'll wear something real cute underneath. <laughs> <laughs> so my fucking signal pop-up was so crazy because a person who I never want to hear from him again why am I stuttering so much I've had like eight cups of coffee I'm sorry you're gonna crush that mug between your hands you're holding holding it it so tight I'm holding it like a raccoon with a corn cob right now I'm like so a person who I never want to hear from again ever 
popped up in Signal and was like, hey, just thought you should know this about me and my life and all this. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then I started hearing from other friends all around. They're all getting people sliding into their DMs, late night sex, are you up, boo? Mm -hmm. You know, quarantine kind of little check-ins of like, are you interested? You maybe want to share some sexy yeah. fucking Skype time? I don't even know. I, well, all of it at any time. I like got a DM are... on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you have the creeps of the creeps. Like my my IG might pop up every once in a while with a like, yo, you single? Yo, you like this? Uh-huh. And I'm I'm here to expect acknowledge and say no thanks mm-hmm. at every turn. Mm-hmm. But what are these carrier pigeon? weird dms that you're what who are you oh i really like who are these people ophelia chong uh just posted something about how linkedin is tinder for dudes who are older than your dad (laughs) and i was like yeah also for random dudes who i used to like know 10 years ago who couldn't find me any other way i guess and just like he slid into my dms on linkedin was like hey and i was like weird man like there's it's just not what the fuck what the fuck make a finstagram get snapchat like just be normal yeah just be cool like what is up so pandemic pop up that's so funny Mm -hmm. (laughs) like just that's so insane a linkedin oh man i don't know everybody's just so horny right now everybody's horny and lonely and like Feeling um, stretched. I mean, I feel like I'm vibrating at a totally different frequency than I normally do. You know, my dreams are wild. My sleeps are wild. My hours are wild. I feel weird. Anything could happen. Poke me and I might fall apart. Or poke you and you might... Morph into something else. Yeah, Who the fuck knows? Maybe I'll be like that baby in The Incredibles. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I feel actually right now. Really? Yeah. You know, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. I tried to watch The Incredibles and uh, and I did, but I don't remember it. Oh, weird. Yeah. Well, you should watch it. Okay. It's really good. Let's get stoned and watch The Incredibles. The baby is great because all of The Incredibles, they're a family of superheroes and each one of them has their own thing. But the baby, because it's a baby, just hasn't figured out what it is yet. So it does all of it. So like when he gets mad, he bursts into flame. When you try and pick him up and he doesn't want to be picked up, he just gets super heavy like a fucking anvil. He can fly. He can bounce. He can do it all. That's awesome. And that's you. I feel like the baby in The Incredibles right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's my vibe. Crazy. It's crazy. My vibe is crazy are you on tinder because that's the bio for it yeah oh fuck i should join tinder just to post that as my bio and see who who hits me up only cool people probably and all of my looks on tinder would be my pandemic looks which have been so fucking fun i had one yesterday where i I left the house to walk the dog and i was like this is the look that will keep everyone way across the street like nobody will i looked insane what was it i looked like pennywise meets um a fucking, you know, secretary from like the local DMV. <laughs> it was crazy. I had like these super bright, colorful fucking pants Pennywise on. Pennywise at the DMV. Yeah, I looked like Pennywise <laughs> at the DMV. <laughs> it was not cute. <laughs> it was like scary and also boring. <laughs> it was real bad. Oh, man, you're killing me this up. Oh, fuck. You're killing me. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, it was not. Next. Not. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I would not get a date. No one would be anywhere near me. But I'll also be very safe. Look at the anyone. red balloon. Yeah. Turn profile. Thank yeah. you. I rescued a dog yesterday. Can I tell that story Holy real quick? Holy shit. 
I was out yes. in my fucking Pennywise the DMV outfit walking my dog Archie and there's this little dog. I just posted a post of, on my um, Insta of a lost dog poster and like a block later I run into this little dog just wandering around out on the street and it like walked into the street. Oh shit. There were cars passing by and I called her over and she came over to say hi to Archie and I looked at her tag and called her number and um, luckily they answered. And this little dog had escaped from wherever she was staying. And the person on the other end of the phone who had clearly like left her with this like doggy daycare was like, what? And anyway, I got Maggie back to the place that she was staying. But then the owner texted me several times and was like, what were they like? Did they seem like they were out of it? Sent me a picture, was like, was this the person who you gave the dog back to? And it was not. Whoa. It was a bit of a dog mystery. Damn. Yeah. The the timing. Yeah. Is pretty wild thank god that the timing is the timing it was dusk like you know 20 minutes later and that little dog would have been out in the middle of like la brea fucking running around it was did just the dangerous. people when you brought it back to that address to drop it off were they like oh my god thank you so much we've been looking everywhere for her zero percent they were like oh hey and i was like oh no i if i left my dog with i would like try and file charges it's not okay they were chill they were more than chill they were like fucking completely nonplussed and I, I could hear someone screaming on the phone with one of them. I was like, why did I find my fucking dog, Maggie? And I was like, here you go. And then the owner texted me and was like, what was up with them? Did they seem okay? And <coughs> here's Holy a picture. Shit. Was this the person? Yeah, the whole thing was wild. You're a hero. Well, I don't know. I'm glad that I was there because if my Mr. Move was out running around, I would certainly want someone to, you know, capture him and make sure he was safe. He's my little guy. Of course. Craziest guy in L.A. <laughs> It's so funny to me. Your nickname for him is Sneezing Jesus, the craziest guy in LA. Yeah, he's 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 wild. He's sneezing Jesus. He sneezes and he's got this like crazy beard and I don't know, he's just so fun. He's oh, a good boy. Man. You love him. Yeah. You love him so much. Yo, we've gotta to get to speaking of like news of the day. Oh. We've gotta to get to this article that just came out by the the confluence is confluence the right word? I don't fucking know. The the <laughs> the connective dots of the events leading up to this article that just dropped are fucking bananas because it's felt good for me to kind of celebrate and shout out Mona's writing when she was doing it her way on her own for so long when we started this podcast. Yeah, Mona Zhang, who published Word on the Tree for a long time, where we would take all of our news for the Grublet Gazette, uh, now writes for Politico Mm -hmm. and is fucking killing it in the cannabis journalism game and just published this crazy amazing deep dive into the story behind the fall of MedMen. basically it's on politico.com and the title of the story is lavish parties greedy polls and panic rooms how the apple of pot collapsed MedMen was the country's hottest part pot startup until it flamed out its fall has exposed the gap between green rush hype and the realities of a troubled industry and it's reported by mona zhang and ben schreckinger Oh, and there's a weird phone call that I'm getting. Do you want to take it and we can wait for a second? No, that's an 877 number. I'm not answering that. I don't know. What if it's like a thing for a thing with a thing? It is like a robot calling to sell me something or a creditor of some kind. (laughs) Not worth your time either way. Not answering. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Ben Schreckinger and Mona Zhang have reported this story that we just read before we sat down to record this. And it's just so juicy. So crazy. Let's go over some of it, but also link it. And just be like, yo, sit on your toilet and read this. Or don't, because you don't want hemorrhoids, and just like get a cup of tea and, you know, find a sunny outdoor space. (laughs) 
man. I just contradict you at every turn, don't I? I'm so sorry. I'm so contrary and I can't help it. And you know what? It makes me think of, you know, I went on a date when I lived in Seattle with this guy, super nice guy, lawyer, uh, Patrick pulled up in his white Lexus to pick me up. And I had just like gotten back from working on a fish boat. And I don't know, I was guess I was really feeling myself. And I was like tanned and strong and all this stuff. And I like stepped into this white Lexus and it was just not something that I was familiar with as a world, like a wealthy lawyer with a Lexus. And he had the top, it was a convertible and he had the top down and the heat on. And I remember saying to him, why would you like put the top down and the heat on? That's so crazy. And like questioning him about it. And he was like, that's what you do when you have a convertible. You like put the heat onto your legs, stay warm. And then the top down is like, you feel the breeze. And I remember like being like all contrary about it. And then later at some point I was like, why was I a dick about that? Like, why did I feel the need to question him? Yeah. Why couldn't I just enjoy the experience that he was providing me? <laughs> yeah. So, so when I say sit on your toilet and read, I'm yeah. trying to provide you with a really positive experience. <laughs> Please don't go against that. Yeah, I don't need to contradict what you are offering as a potential way to enjoy your time. Yeah. Yeah. I read on the toilet. Read on the toilet. I'm so sorry, Mike. Okay. <laughs> sorry, I'm a dick sometimes. <laughs> so let's get into this article because it's yeah. so well written and so juicy. There's dick cutting, there's cocaine, there's YouTube stars. It's oh, amazing. It's so salacious. So, well, the dick cutting, first off, let me just say, that's a crazy story that is just referred to in this story because that was an insane, horrible thing that happened where there was a dispensary owner kidnapped in Southern California a few years ago and beaten and tortured and left for dead. They castrated him and left him for dead, and um, they were trying to get money out of him because he was a medical marijuana dispensary owner. And he survived. They never found his um, member, as they refer to it in this story. But the dudes behind MedMen used that story as a um, defense or a justification to hire these insane security details. And they for like report, 10 million bucks. Yeah, they report in this political article that they were spending millions a year on a security detail because they were in the weed game. And when they were questioned by like company execs, they were like, well, this guy was driven out to the desert and had his dick cut off. And yeah. company execs were like, uh... Cool. We're in a boardroom with John Boehner. Yeah. And you're harsh in the fucking vibe of capitalism. Yeah. I don't know. I That's, don't know what I'm saying. This is crazy. But, yeah. But totally. they did crazy, crazy shit. So the two guys who founded MedMen are Adam Bierman and um, what is the other dude's name? Modlin? Ben mm -hmm. Modlin? Sure. Um, or Modlin? Or how do you... Wait, I'm trying to look up his... Oh, you're... Uh, uh, uh. Anyway, you talk for a second while I just look it up. Well, I don't really care about what his name is because what I care about is how I... It's like... I use. I've been thinking a lot about MedMen recently... And it's weird that this article came out because we both live so close to the flagship store in West Hollywood. Yeah. And I kept thinking about why don't I like them? And I didn't like them because they were trying to be the apple of weed. And that made me cringe because I'm like, you're not doing things for the right reasons at the right time. Mm -hmm. And I hate capitalism when it's being used to like make two people fucking rich and stand on the shoulders of everyone who's put in the work. Mm -hmm. And then I started reading about them and it was like, oh, they donate to this. They donate to that. I'm sure that there was ulterior motives, but I can ride with that. But for some reason, I have always just kind of not fucking liked MedMen. And then I figured out why it was. And it was because they were first. 
And I was like, you know what? I don't, maybe I'm not being fair to them because somebody has to be first. And the people who are first are always going to make mistakes because they are first. And so there's no roadmap. And then I started being like, you know what? I got to give them some props because they were doing things that somebody was going to do anyway. So why not be them? And that made me kind of ease up and be like, okay, in that case, they've opened the door through all of their fuck ups for things to be done right when we finally go federal. I can appreciate that kind of bold, probably wanting to become rich stance because someone was going to do it. So the fuck ups are like fuck ups that hopefully someone else won't make and it becomes a perfect society. And that for me was kind of a nice moment of clarity as to why I didn't like them, but also why I should give them a bit of a pass. Mm. And then reading this fucking article, I was like, nope, <laughs> like yeah. never mind. Yeah, well, the, I mean, they do make the great points. That's why it's such a well-reported article because they really do kind of examine all sides like Mad Men, these two dudes who... Um, co-founded it a few years ago, then pushed for legalization because, of course, it would benefit them. But that meant that they were giving huge amounts of money to all sorts of um, legalization initiatives. And, you know, they opened up a flagship store in New York in anticipation of the legal market going online there and, you know, gave a bunch of money to politicians and, you know, all sorts of places around the country. And they they also raked in the fucking profits. And they're um, now valuing the stock of MedMen after this kind of lengthy fall flame out from uh, just a couple years ago where they were valued at a billion dollars. The stock has now dropped to 5% of what it was valued at just like two years ago. 95% loss in what the valuation is. And these two guys, Bierman and um, Andrew Maudlin, have basically stepped away from the company and now investors are all just like trying to figure out what the fuck it looks like but it was really a, a tale of corporate fucking greed with over expenditures and only caring about the fucking profits and not caring about anyone really in the industry and like from a guy who the the uh beerman who I love that they have this detail in the story that when he was 17 years old, he's always been an entrepreneur and he's always been like a hustler that he at 17 years old hired a um a roller rink uh, for his birthday party and got the Black Eyed Peas to play and then didn't pay them. Fucking nuts. <laughs> so nuts. That's so nuts. It's so nuts. Fucking, are you kidding me? That, it's so nuts. He hey, didn't pay them. Oh. And he's quoted in the article as being like, yeah, they were pretty, they were pretty mad. Oh, a word? Oh, yeah. Oh, you think? <laughs> like a fucking, yeah, hip hop group that went on to international superstardom. I bet they were mad about not being paid to play your fucking birthday party. At the roller rink. I hope you have since paid them. He can't. Unbelievable. He's so in the, he's being sued by a million people. There's They're no all being sued by a million people. And yeah. it's like, yeah, the stories of like the fucking expenditures on real estate and their security details and the fact that they had panic rooms built and all of this kind of stuff when, you know, the people who were doing the real work for legalization and, you know. Steve D'Angelo, people like that. Yeah, people who are trying to sort of like get this industry online so people who have like suffered from the fucking war on drugs can actually benefit from it and people have access to the plant, not, you know, just to line someone else's fucking pockets. Fuck yeah. There's a beautiful, two beautiful parts in there. One is when the dude had to sell his like 1.6 or 3.2 million dollar McMansion in West Hollywood Mm -hmm. and he sold it to 18 year old Emma Chamberlain YouTube star yeah and there's got there's just this like beautiful beautiful sweet justice in that for me because like I just like the idea of like oh here's my oh you're doing pretty okay here you go here you go (laughs) 18 year old YouTube star bought your goddamn fucking mansion yeah yeah and then the other part of it that I um I really liked was 
um, how Mona, like, she weaved it so perfectly how the Fifth Avenue MedMen in New York was directly across from WeWork because the idea was, like, everyone's going there to work, pop on over, get that pre-roll, come on back, boom, boom, bop. And the Avenue of Power, right? And the Avenue of Power right there. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But instead, WeWork and MedMen looking at each other crashing at the exact same fucking time just it's it what beautiful symphonic harmony that is and for many of the same reasons if you read the story behind the WeWork founder and what he did and how he operated it was a lot of the same sort of fucking insane spending with you know hiring you know fucking people who didn't need to be on the payroll to just be there to like you know all the craziness all the, I don't you got to read it you got to read it yeah but what is that about people who get their shot to do it right. Mm-hmm. Like you look at somebody like Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, um, uh, I would say I would even argue Elon Musk. If we're only talking about business, mm-hmm. what is it about these people who are able to double down, triple down, quadruple down and just become powerful versus you have WeWork dude and MedMen dudes who they they burn out so hard so fast. Like is it the pressure of success is it the fear of success is it the it's everyone around business them? models it's like, just yeah, bad fucking it, business though? like it's so how, bad do you, business. But how do you get that good at business to get that good and you, then you uh, it turns out that you're so fucking bad that's the thing you don't have to be fucking good at business to get far look at elizabeth fucking holmes who had like a billion dollar valuation with theranos which is that blood company oh yeah she great was, documentary on her yeah. yeah it's fucking terrible business she 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 just lied and schemed her way to the top and then everything fucking fell apart and she left everyone else holding the bag and now she's you know i don't even no, she did time. She's just banned from being the CEO of a company. You don't have to be good at business. You just have to be, honestly, like white. And, and a liar. And privileged and really, really, really good at smooth talking and lying and getting into boardrooms and being like, yeah, I mean, there are bad business ventures all around us in all sectors, specifically in the cannabis world. The ones that I see are headed up by people who are good at lying Mm -hmm. and people who don't care about other people and people who have access to funds and people who are privileged and people who aren't caring about the community or the people who made cannabis legal in the first place. And they're able to get as far as they do because they're liars and they're good at lying. Like, you know, it's just crazy. I I mean, I think these two with MedMen, it's, it's more than that. I think that they overestimated the valuation of the cannabis industry and then they came up against the fact that it's not federally legal and fucking banking issues and all that kind of shit like it's these two are not just like crazy liars they're actually people who struggled in business because the business wasn't what they expected it to be but other people in the industry I'm definitely seeing like bad fucking actors out there and it's because they're good at convincing other people that they're you know in what did you call it the other day you taught me about greenwashing oh greenwashing is yo yeah. I just learned about that from you. Like the fact that you can sort of say, oh, no, this is a good thing. We're doing good things. Like there was a company and I, I won't say the name of the company, but when I was at High Times, it was a new company, a new cannabis company that came, the guy came to talk to me and he was very like smooth. He was good looking. He was slick. He came from the sort of Silicon Valley world and he had started this cannabis company and a big part of his talking points was this like going to Mexico to build houses for people in um, impoverished places. And he was like, and this is a big part of how we give back, all this kind of stuff. And I remember being really charmed by him. He was very good looking, white, blonde, 
you know, late 20s guy. Um, and his like deck that he gave me with the pictures of building the houses in Mexico was really like, oh, yeah. When I actually looked into what he was up to with his company, it was basically like a company retreat where they would just go down and like drink fucking tequila and like get high and like, yeah, give some money to a local organization to build a house, but not in the name of doing anything good. He's not swinging a hammer. He's taking a picture next to a place. He might have been swinging a hammer, but he swung a hammer for a picture opportunity. Uh You know what I mean? It was all about optics. And so like, I think if you're, you know, in you know, any sector, you always have to look at like what people are really doing. Like you have to let the actions speak for themselves. You can't just look at a pretty deck and listen to a smooth talker, you know? Um, so that's the difference I think between, you know, Bill Gates or any like amazing business person is that they actually like know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. (laughs) And these startups, the reason that they keep popping up and failing is because they're propped up by, you know, wealthy people who then fail because they're not good at business. Fuck yeah. It makes me think about how you still haven't said the difference between rude and insulting, Mm. but there is a difference in there that I would still like to hear from you. But it also makes me think about the difference between being a liar and being shrewd. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with being shrewd. Sure. Shrewd is kind of what business is. Sure. Tactics sometimes involve retaining information and withholding information from someone else so they don't know what you're working with and all that kind of stuff. But that's different than lying. Yes. And misrepresenting yes. and saying untruths. Like, it's really funny uh, in this art, political article about Mad Men, there's one point where they sent out a press release saying that like, some big lawsuit had just been dropped. And then you read like five sentences into the press release and it says that the lawsuit is headed to arbitration. Yeah, right. I was like, well, it was technically like it's not going to court, but it's still being litigated. <laughs> so that's pretty misleading. Yeah. Good good job. Oh, you still doing law stuff about it? Oh yeah. You're still lawyering over there? Lawyering? Lawyering. Oh man. That's yeah. so fucking anyway, crazy. It's a fucking great story. Check it out on politico.com. Congrats Mona for some incredible reporting and um, yeah, follow her on all of the channels too. Mona Zhang. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I love this episode. Uh, I love this episode so much. I know, it's fun to drop an app with you. Pops and pops and pops. What else is happening? Oh my god. What? Speaking of green washing yes um okay so i had bought some beef jerky from (laughs) fucking ralph's and it was like it was the ralph's ralph's is a grocery store in california and so they have their own like organic line so it's like ralph's line and the new organic line so i got some excuse me simply i'm burping i'm so mad i got some simply organic beef jerky from them and the cover of it it says simply organic and it says like delicious and it's like farm raised and all the you know all the sustainable bullshit that you say on the package of something Mm -hmm. and then i bought the beef jerky and it's fucking disgusting we both ate it yeah it's so gross and Mm -hmm. i feel like i got greenwashed by simple organic truths at ralph's the logo with the leaf on it that looks like a tree that's sprouting out of the ground and it says simply organic in like a non-threatening font and it's all like la 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 it's like dog treats it's fucking hard rubber and it's yeah it's the odds and ends of some other delicious thing that i am definitely not getting in that bag it was definitely not. They sold me bullshit. They yeah. sold me three ninety nine trash with a package that promised health and wellness from a 
source that cares. So I liked learning about greenwashing after that jerky experience with you because you were like, oh, I just went down a rabbit hole about this the other night. And that's the practice of saying that if something is sustainably grown or organic in an attempt to be able to charge more money for it. And so like rebrand, for instance, like Nestle saying that they're uh, harvesting um, cocoa powder or cocoa yeah. beans. A hundred years of fair organic giving back and everything. And then it turns out they forgot to mention the uh, child labor and deforestation station yeah yeah greenwashing so, greenwashing exactly yeah. or um clean diesel yes which that was that huge thing with volkswagen where they just cooked the numbers and cooked the emission tests yeah and they were like we use clean diesel and then science said there's no such thing as clean diesel it is horrendous for the environment what you're saying is you're you're omitting everything except for positive facts mm-hmm. about fucking gas yeah yeah yeah, it's Greenwash. fucking wild. It's crazy. It's so that fuck that beef jerky. Thing. Fuck that beef jerky. It was disgusting. It was like dog treats. We still ate it. <laughs> ate every last bite. <laughs> we like complain ate it. <laughs> it was so funny to have the beef jerky in the middle of the table. And we are finishing it while talking shit about it until there's none left. And then we're like, well, great. Now I feel bad. Yeah. And oh, it's this gone. This is terrible. It's disgusting. <laughs> it hurts my mouth. I actually said it hurts my mouth as I chewed and swallowed the last piece. <laughs> This is fucking pandemic eating, man. I'm not gonna give. I'm not gonna give up any bites. <laughs> I word, but as you were saying mm-hmm. about like, I mean, the beef jerky is the tip of my iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to just being lied to about sustainability. <sighs> so annoying. Just don't. Just be truthful. You know, make something good. Just tell the truth about it. Well, you told me about People- honest company. Oh, yeah. So Jessica Alba's uh, company, she she got in trouble. And I think for the most part, her stuff is pretty great. Like I use her face cream and I know a lot of, uh, you know, I have a lot of friends who are like super into her stuff. But there was one moment where, you know, her whole thing is predicated on like BPA, paraben free, no additives, fragrance free, all that kind of stuff. Good for your baby's skin. And I think it was sunscreen maybe that came back and they tested it and they were like, um, (laughs) (laughs) this is like full of chemicals and toxins and not up to scratch even just as sunscreen and she was like oh oops sorry i didn't you know yeah i'm not a scientist it's i got just in trouble my label yeah yeah um god damn man yeah like i i genuinely when it comes to companies i mean i hate every company unless it's mine and i'm super rich and i hope i do it the right way i know it's such but a fucking I, funny I'm conflict sorry. in you i'm i know and it probably holds me back to be honest mm. it probably gets in my own way of being good at business becoming like as successful as I want to become. And it's, you know, my, my whiff test for opportunity. Uh, like I, it, I, it's like, uh, it's something I got to work on. Sure. Yeah. You're like, I hate business, but I want money, but I hate corporations, but I want to be rich, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't like real estate people, but I want a house. With the long driveway. Where's a genie? Yeah. (laughs) Elon Musk might be a bad person, but I still want a Tesla. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Damn it. (laughs) My business card should just say hypocrite in my name. And just be like, I don't know. Geez, we're all hypocrites. But what what I was going to say is like, I, I will give companies like quite a few passes, to be honest, because I feel like the way that this this the 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 way America is set up is you kind of have to lie, cheat and steal to do any good and it just true. depends on like how where your line is to lie cheat and steal that's not true name all. a company that you like um sorry I, to put you on blast like nate well nate like but like is there a company that stands and does and yeah. is what they say for like a big big corporation ben and jerry's i would say again fucking another episode where they come up as like the fucking yeah, yeah. i think they're like ethical and they do good and they are 
you know, they've always sort of been operating from a good place and they continue to sort of like make good choices as a big company. Um, on a smaller level, I just think like local businesses always, you You're know, so right. like You're so local right. coffee companies, restaurants, you know, the people that I know who work as commercial fishermen in Alaska, anyone who's working for themselves on some level, maybe with just a few employees, they're not evil. They're just trying to get by. Um, so go with local businesses if you can. And That's if you can kind of pop up, yeah. Just, you know, Dodge, I think right now it's it's really hard, obviously, with everything that's happening with the need for home delivery um, during the pandemic. But, you know, if you can not order from the big companies, if you can not order from Amazon and Target and Whole Foods, which is now part of Amazon and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, just support local businesses, it's more important than ever, especially as, like, you know, shit's getting really crazy at the tip top levels in the government. And I think, you know, like send roots into your community right now, if you can, because we're all going to need to rise together, I think, pretty soon. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be like a Civil War beta. <laughs> I mean, just getting people to the fucking polls in November, just that is we're going to need a- to have like deep roots in our communities to rise together to make sure that can happen for everyone, like for your neighbor who can't get to the polls because maybe they're sick with fucking COVID or disabled or whatever. And there's no mail in option for them because, you know, open everything up except voting. Yeah. Oh, we cannot vote right now. We're going to have You can to... get a haircut, but you're not allowed to like pick your own like leaders. Yeah. So fucked. It's crazy. So yeah. I just think like as I look at my pot plant uh, and think about like sending roots into something like let's send roots into our communities and you know just be more connected and don't do big biz. Hit you up on Signal. Let's yeah. figure it out. Hit let's, me up on Signal. Let's do those kinds of grassroots, huh? Yeah, pandemic yeah. pop-ups. <laughs> I'm there. Look for me. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah. That's nice. Oh, man. Um, do you want to tell me the difference between rude and insult? Or do you want to move on? Oh, I totally misheard you. I heard rootin' and salt. And I rootin was like, and salt. the difference between rootin' and salt? I don't know. Oh, the difference between rude and insulting, I think rude is just not caring about someone else, and insulting is directing something at them to hurt them. So rude is like you know, chewing with your mouth open or farting in front of someone or spitting on the sidewalk or taking up more space than you need to for your car or standing in the middle of the escalator. All of those habits are rude. Insulting is when you're specifically targeting someone else with your behavior Mm -hmm. to, you know, stand in the middle of the escalator so they can't get past you as opposed to just being oblivious or, you know, like taking someone else's part. Well, no, that's like insulting is when you're specifically like you are this. Yes. You know, my behavior is going to show to you what I think of you. Okay. That's well, then insulting. how about instead of a rude Goldberg machine, mm-hmm. what about a roast Goldberg machine? Oh. Where every part of it is like kind of roasty a little bit. Okay. Something like that. And then by the end of it, there's also a roast uh-huh. where you can snack because all is forgiven and it was a good time. Oh, like roast beef? Yeah. <laughs> there's like a, a plate <laughs> of loose roast beef at the end of the machine that the bowling ball falls into splat. Thin slice? Yeah, of course. Horseradish cream? Who's going to thick cut roast beef? That's insane. Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. And sour, yeah, and horseradish sour cream, the mm-hmm. top four condiment of all time. Rye bread? Pickles? Yeah. Can dreaming I? Of, I'm dreaming about this sandwich. <laughs> You're just building the end of the machine. My, ro- my roast Goldberg sandwich. <laughs> yeah, that's really Very funny. excited about it. What kind of pickles? Yeah. One on top with a toothpick and then a couple of bread and butter on the inside. Can I get a dill spear? Oh, fuck. You're so right. Okay, good. Gotta get one. Slaw on the side? <laughs> you're ordering the machine now. Potato chips? <laughs> I'm excited about a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs>
That's so funny. Little Deja? Little Deej? Little Deej. Little Grey Poop? Yep. Okay. Oh, man. Great. Yeah. All right. You're kind of machine, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about it. <laughs> if I get roasted to get a roast beef sandwich at the end of it, 100%. So good. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That's so funny. I'll, I'll do anything for a sandwich. For real. Totally. Yeah. There's very little I won't do. Like, that should have been what Fear Factor was about. Yeah. <laughs> Will you eat this bucket of bugs for a sandwich? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What is that? Burrata? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Give me two buckets. I don't care. <laughs> I will stick my arm into this like cave full of spiders if you just hand me a French dip. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Anything for a sandwich. Yeah. I would watch that show right now because you know, have you ever seen um, Celebs on Sandwiches? The drawings? No. Oh, man, it's such a good Instagram. But I mean, it's bigger than Instagram at this point. He's He or she, I'm not sure who does this, is so talented. But it's like, it's a celebrity sitting on a sandwich that is like, they. the person who draws them thinks of this sandwich as representing them. Yeah. And it's these great drawings. Oh. And so you're making me think of like a great game show just called Anything for a Sandwich. Anything for a Sandwich. <laughs> I would host the shit out of that. <laughs> you and I should host that. Yeah. Okay. That'd be so fucking fun. Putting that in the air. <laughs> Will you ha- let this murder hornet touch your arm for a ice cold tuna salad on pumpernickel? Make it a uh, chicken salad on uh marble rye mm-hmm. and i'll yes <laughs> i will let that murder hornet <laughs> bite me <laughs> your arm is like the size of popeye uh-huh. and with your other arm you're just like Hon- i'll do anything Hon- for chicken salad it's so good it's so good you're making me laugh so much this episode <laughs> it's so funny i will do anything yeah for a sandwich yeah that's the jingle i can see it I can see it. It's right after deal or no deal. Yeah. Guess what's in this briefcase? And then, like, here's what you have to do. Because that's how it would be. Let's build the show right now. Okay. What it would be would be, like, we get to know you as a contestant. Mm -hmm. And then we reveal, like, what the thing is that you have to do. Okay. And then... You cut to commercial on the reveal, come back, you reveal what the thing is, and then would you do that? And then you say no, and then it's like, okay, would you do it for this? And then it's a silhouette of some kind of sandwich, right? That gives you a couple hints because you can see the dill spear on the top, you can have an idea, and then it's like, no. And so they keep sweetening the sandwich okay, until... They get me with that like Philly cheesesteak hero or whatever the yeah, fuck yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then it's like, yes, I will. And then the third act is me eating the sandwich. Eating the sandwich while the thing happens. While like a viper hangs off my neck. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I'm good. It's delicious. <laughs> Brought to you by Wonder Bread. Yeah. I, there are certain sandwiches. Classic. Yeah. In my life, there was a sandwich. I used to work at a place called the Noho Star that had a tuna club with guacamole Ooh. that I would legit like stand in a pit of fucking arachnids for like fuck yeah that sounds so good. perfectly lemony like fresh 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 good but canned but like delicious lemony albacore guacamole sliced tomato toasted rye served with potato chips always the right temp yeah so fucking good god damn Mm -hmm. oh fuck yeah. yeah, I can I can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I can feel my feet in a fucking bucket of spiders right now. Just <laughs> <laughs> totally. I think this is a beautiful show. Yeah. Yeah. Anything for a sandwich. 
<laughs> oh man, do you want to wrap up on that? Yeah, let's call it. Let's call it. This was a nice one. Yeah, let's uh, hot celebrate some of our friends before we go. Right? Do you have a oh butt of the gosh. week? I do have a butt of the week. Speaking of celebrating friends on TV, okay. My butt of the week this week is a friend of the show, friend in real life, Harry Mack. Hell yes. Hell yeah. He was just on TBS, and he just got a shout out from Peter Rosenberg on um, uh, on Twitter. If you don't know who that is, he's a big radio DJ in New York. And I mean, fucking Harry is killing it. And if you don't know who Harry Mack is, maybe you haven't listened to our episode with him on here. Find him on Instagram. He just broke 100,000 followers. Congratulations. Find him on Twitter. Find him on Facebook. Find him on TikTok. Find him on YouTube. Best freestyle rapper, I would say, in the world mm. uh if fucking juice and all of these people like kendrick lamar are co-signing him it's kind of hard to argue with that and the dude just non-stop hustles while being the nicest motherfucker and uh i'm just really proud to like see him grow personally and fucking yeah congrats yeah. harry mac congratulations 100k man when we interviewed him check out our app with him because he talks about how he does it basically how he works and how it's circular breathing for his brain basically like as he's breathing in and like then saying words and they're flowing there are other words coming into his head and so just it's a non-stop freestyle it's fucking amazing yeah who's your um, butt of the week my butt of the week is uh rachel birkins uh, at Smoke Sip Saver on IG, the best fucking follow. Rachel is um, a weed pro. She's an educator, activist, writer. Her IG bio also says mom, hedonist, and bong vivant, <laughs> which I fucking love. She is just changing the world with um, Chef Holden. Uh, with altered plates, hospitality in the edibles game, and also just like always positive and putting cool stuff on her Instagram about you know how she enjoys her time how she unwinds how she makes beautiful dishes and enjoys life and she's just fun and cool and i really dig her so yeah yeah rachel she her her ig like because so much of the internet is just trash and it's easy to fall into that yeah when i come across her it's kind of a nice little like starburst pink burst what you a know? great way to put it it's refreshing and real and and delightful and it feels yeah like a a breath of you know fresh air i mean that's a silly thing to say but she's very like uplifting yeah yeah fucking nice mm -hmm. mary jane this Mike, felt good it felt great i'm so proud of my weed plant too can i just say that like i'm growing my first pot and it looks awesome healthy and green yeah and but, yeah do you i how much do you want to say because it looks gorgeous know. and it's like climbing up the tower and yeah, I, I've just never seen, I, as somebody who, um, when was gifted a succulent, immediately yeah. brought it over here and pretended to forget it so that I didn't <laughs> have to take care of it. It's it's cool to see your little garden flourish. It's great. I have to say, I just wrote about it. So maybe when that article comes out, we'll talk a little bit more about it. But it's definitely very satisfying. You know, if you have the space during this time, planting a little victory garden, you know, and like getting a little more self-reliant with your food supply is an amazing thing to do. Like plant some tomatoes or even just some herbs or microgreens as Danko was just saying in our episode that we just dropped with Danny Danko, cultivator extraordinaire. Check that out. But you know, it truly is. There's a, like a, this burgeoning sense of self-reliance in my chest, looking at this plant and knowing that I'll be able to harvest my own homegrown weed in like a couple months. feels really good. Holy so, shit. You know what I should do? What? I need to make my own beef jerky. Oh, I need to yeah. quit getting fucking mad at being lied to about sustainable products that taste like shit that cost too much money from a corporation that doesn't care about me and just make my own juicy teriyaki glazed pull apart shredded 
thick cut fucking jerky. I don't think it's impossible. I think all you need is a dehydrator and some good recipes and a little time to kind of like experiment. We should do this. Let's do that. Like yeah. an air fryer, a deep fryer. Yeah. A dehydrator. Yeah. I think those are the equipment things that I'm missing at this point. I don't know if you even need an air fryer or a deep fryer for a jerky. I think it's deep just... fried jerky. <laughs> Is it... Okay, we'll, we'll we'll experiment. We'll let y'all know. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god, because then we'll harvest. Um, do you have you named it yet, Sally? Okay, we'll mm-hmm. harvest Sally. Mm-hmm. Sally, the soulmate. Soulmate's the strain. So. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, she's so happy. Isn't she? She great? smells good too. I know she's so pretty. Yeah, we'll harvest Sally. Mm-hmm. We'll dehydrate jerky. Mm-hmm. I'll deep fry it. Okay. And we'll get super stoned and watch. What was that movie we have to watch together? Uh, so many. No, we just talked about it at the beginning of the app. Oh, um, I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. What was it? <laughs> we can't wrap with a big space while you try and remember. No, it'll be so worth it because I'll remember a movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone's hanging on every word right now. They're like, what movie was it that we heard about 45 minutes ago? We're all shouting the name out while Mike and Mary Jane try and fucking chase brain cells around to remember something that they said at the beginning of this episode. What was it? <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> So that's the other TV show. Yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody cares with Mike and Mary Jane. <laughs> hey, do you remember that thing that no one was there for that you and I are going to talk about for the next hour? Yeah. You want to talk about my dreams? Great. Cool. <laughs> I'll tell you all about them. Yeah. Ten- Nobody cares. Wait, why did that one go for 10 seasons? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Oof, crazy. The worst. Oh, that's so funny. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we can still wrap yeah. and I'll remember it later. Okay. We oh, can put it man. in the show notes. Cool. <laughs> really cool. We got it. Um, okay. Yeah. Is that it? That's it. All right. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Thank you this for hanging been... with us during this like quarantine times. Yeah. It's been fucking nuts. Um, if you want to fuck with us even more, please leave a review on iTunes. Click five stars. Leave a written review. I don't know. It just goes a long way. It allows us to get great guests. It allows us to work with great companies that we believe in. It allows us to feel good about ourselves, which honestly, who doesn't want that? Yeah. that's it and uh slide into our dms tell us stories send us pictures it's always so great to hear from you about like what you're eating what you're cooking what you're growing what you're interested in we've gotten some really great recommendations for like films and tv shows that we can't remember and (laughs) podcasts that we should listen to yeah all that kind of stuff we just love hearing from you guys and it's really great so wg at uh is our email and um at weed and grub is our instagram and i'm on signal there you go yeah (laughs) and the incredibles the incredibles right he did it you guys (laughs) magical bye everyone bye